Good evening, fight fans. This is the Rattlegem Broadcasting Network premiere podcast alternative commentary for Deontay Chote Wilder versus Luis Ortiz 2. I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And joining me tonight, we've got a three-man booth. First, my partner in crime for most of these, he covers the UFC on 401mania.com and under duress the occasional impact taping. Ladies and gentlemen, from the 401mania uh, Ground and Pound podcast and 401 MMA coverage, Robert Winfrey. How do you do, sir? Yeah, I seem to have... I'm pretty much done with the impact at this point since they moved to Tuesdays. I will... I do get hit with the occasional SmackDown thing now, though. Do you really? Uh, the 13th of December I'm covering them because there's an ROH pay-per-view. Of, assuming ROH doesn't fold like the burning house of cards that it is at this point before uh, then. I was going to say ROH may be done any day now from what I've gathered. Are you, so I, I have one question before we introduce the third man to the booth. Are, are you going to cover the December 7th MMA pay-per-view between Tito Ortiz and Alberto Rio? Uh, no one has asked me. I will not volunteer, and I think there's a UFC event that day anyway. If I write Larry Zonka and volunteer you, will you do it? No. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm pretty sure it runs up against the UFC on ESPN 7 card that is taking place that same day. Okay. I, I feel like somebody should, though. Maybe this next person will. Ladies and gentlemen... Mark, from... you are the only person I know who is even remotely interested in that, in neither of those guys blowing out a knee before now, between now and then to spare us all that unholy spectacle. The line is, Tito Ortiz will tear his vagina. Will you please get your memes right? No, no, because there's Alberto Del Rio, and there's a non-trivial chance he either injures himself or goes on a coke bender. Perfect. As I was saying, from any damn podcast he chooses, ladies and gentlemen, Pat Mullen has returned to the alternative commentary booth. How do you do, Pat? Uh, this is going to be uh, so much fun. <laughs> Pat, you uh, you swore off boxing, said it should be burned to the ground along with everything. Oh, wait, that was somebody else. But you did think, say that... <laughs> Uh, you were kind of done with boxing for a while. It was hard for me to get you to do any of these. What made you come out tonight to talk about, of all people, Deontay, as he walks to the ring, Ming the Merciless Wilder? So, for those who don't know, Mark and I are going to have a podcast coming up where we go through the history of the heavyweight championship. And so, as a result, I've been watching a lot of past heavyweight champions. And just to put into perspective how lousy the guy we're going to watch tonight is because he is bad matter of fact I'd probably call him the worst I've ever seen to hold the heavyweight championship uh, you know it's just a fun perspective exercise fantastic going through the card tonight uh, Eduardo Ramirez defeated Ludwan Bartholomew uh, via fourth round TKO Brandon, you're a heartbreaker, dream maker. He's so dreamy. Drew uh, Baker. <laughs> <laughs> She's a dentist. Uh, Julio Seja. No, he's, his name's not Brew Baker? I thought that's where you're going with this. Oh, no, I, I thought you said um, Brett Baker. Who no, was I that? said Brew Baker. Oh, well, I messed up the whole joke. Julio Seja ended in a split draw, and unlike Callum Smith, John Ryder, actually deserved to be a draw and not the robbery that was that fight. Leo Santa Cruz defeated Miguel Flores via unanimous decision. No no issue there. Um, so real quick, what were your... You watched some of the earlier fights here, Robert. Uh, just 50 words or less on your thoughts on the card, what you saw thus far. I only really kind of watched most of these uh, Leo Santa Cruz, Miguel Flores fight, and Leo Santa Cruz is always a good, uh, a really entertaining fight. I caught a little bit of the one before that, which was a barn. Again, I, I think Heartbreaker should have lost, but uh, I can't say that definitively. I can only say that based on what I saw. But that was that was a barn burner of a fight. So we've had some good ones thus far. Yeah, Brandon Figueroa looked like he was trying to end that one early, and Seha was having none of it. And they, they had themselves a nice action fight. Pat Mullen, 
if we can uh, switch gears and go to you, unless you have anything you want to add to that part of the conversation, tell us a little bit about the history of Deontay Wilder and Luis Ortiz in their first battle. So what you saw was a lucky idiot named Deontay Wilder. Because that's what he is. He's a lucky idiot. That's what most sluggers are, whether it's boxing or baseball. Uh, you know, he, he was fortunate in that Ortiz is old and in that fight had boobs and a gut, um, which is not always detrimental, but when you're a Cuban amateur champion who's been in shape his whole life and all of a sudden you develop boobs and a spare tire, that's not a good thing. Uh, it means you're not training, you're not in shape, you're not taking this seriously enough, and you're going to coast. And on top of that, this is after Ortiz had failed the drug test, uh, that he was on some stuff to compensate for not, not training. And even then, Wilder almost got ended. Uh, there's two things I'll, I'll never take away from Wilder. He has a big-time right hand, and he's always in shape. That carried him through that fight. What will be interesting to see here is, one, now that Ortiz is allegedly in shape, he's about five pounds lighter than he was when they fought last time. He's had two fights since then and went ten rounds in one of them. What's the mental state of Ortiz, who fought a good fight while not in shape, but did everything he could do and didn't win? And not only didn't win, but he got knocked out. Is the resistance beaten out of him at this point? Secondly, for Wilder, Wilder, is he up for this fight? Is he here to make a statement? Can he do anything differently to avoid almost getting knocked out like he did last time? Deontay Wilder, uh, as we've seen in previous fights, despite his reach and height, Famously has the Stefan Struve disease where he uses neither to his advantage. Uh, he typically looks for one-punch KOs and gets them. I mean, the man has 40 to his record out of 42 yeah, who, fights. I, he has them. We can't take those away from him, cans or not. Um, he, he had a rough fight against Tyson Fury where... as We lost, lost that fight. <laughs> Where it went to a draw on the scorecards. Well, and... he lost that fight. Anyone with half a brain knows he lost that fight. So naturally, his team still maintains he won. <laughs> um, the point that I was raising and wanted to go to Robert on was, you know, he had a rough time with Tyson Fury because he could not find a home for that big right hand. And he, where technique was needed, he was lacking. And so he, he came away in that fight frustrated and really was made to look kind of poor. Uh, so what do you see him doing in this fight to make a statement going into a possible, probable, kind of penciled-in fight in February with Tyson Fury, Robert Winfrey? It depends on what kind of statement he wants to make. If he wants to prove that he could finally, that he could actually box near the level of Tyson Fury... You're going to see this fight go on longer. He's going to try and show off some defense and some footwork and try to show some tricks to his game. That's not the kind of statement Deontay Wilder historically makes. If he wants to make a statement, he's going to come out, he's going to look mean and angry, and he's going to try to punch Ortiz in the face as hard as he can, as fast as he can, and then say, look at me, I still knock people out. Okay, and here we go with round one. Uh kind of a slow start for both guys. Deontay Wilder sort of pawing at Luis Ortiz. Luis Ortiz oh, was, that was the worst balance of anybody <laughs> I've ever seen. God, that left hook was so ugly. His chin was right there. Yeah, it was. He 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 kind of was he looked like he was trying to punch to the body, but Ortiz just took a baby step back and he hit wind. He looked very off balance. Uh, and then Ortiz chased him into the corner. Right now, both guys still just kind of playing around with distance and pawing and not really committing to anything. Yeah, Ortiz needs to be, is the one who's, he's at a three-inch height disadvantage and uh, I believe a six or seven-inch reach disadvantage, something along those lines. He's the one who has to be mindful of himself at this distance because while Ortiz can crack, especially against Wilder in this instance, he's going to want to play the infighter role and 
whether or not, and again, the question becomes whether or not Wilder can keep him at distance. And he's pawing, I can't say jabbing, he's pawing to try and help maintain that. Well, or, see, not, if I was Ortiz, I'd be trying to get in and get out. I would make Wilder reach for me. I would make him hit me on the end of that right hand because a lot of Wilder's right hands that have hurt people and knocked people out, Wilder takes a good left hand there, uh, have, that have knocked people out, have been where he's hit them in the back of the head, coming back around almost like a, a clothesline. That's where the power is generated from those wide, wild swings. He can't throw a good long straight right hand consistently. Make him beat me with that. Make him try to hit me with a left hook that he can't throw either. And Ortiz counters with the left of the body, one over the top, just fell short. So Wilder, me, Wilder does wrong. not look like himself. No. I, think, I mean, I know we're like you know two minutes into a fight, but he does not look like he normally does. You know, you mentioned he almost all you know, he always comes in shape. The man, for whatever other flaws we speak about him technically, he works incredibly hard. He was very subdued going into this, and he feels. He feels very subdued even in the ring right now. One of the things Ortiz is doing is he's throwing a lot of uh, double and triple and Ortiz, jabs. Is he cut? Yeah. They might have clashed heads, I think. Uh, something like that. He, is, he does seem to have a small cut around How? his right eyebrow. How the hell do they clash heads? They barely touched each other. They showed a stat. We were two minutes and 30 seconds into this. Dante, Dante Wilder landed two punches. He landed one. So I guess you have to give that round to Deontay Wilder. No. Uh, no, you don't. Not even close. <laughs> really? I didn't see Wilder land anything of note. I saw Ortiz land a couple of good counter Oh, okay. Hands. Okay, that cut is more up on his temple, kind of by the hairline. It is not apparently bleeding into his eye, which is yeah, fortunate. That's that's not really a, a thing that we have to worry about. It's a minor scratch. So on the replay there, yeah, Ortiz hit him with a good left. That was probably the best punch of the fight, and I think... This is where the clash of heads follows. So there's the left. And then... Can, a res- can I get a little respect now when I say they clashed heads, please? You are correct, sir. <laughs> Thank you. And then um, I think well, Ortiz was sort of bent over and digging into Wilder, Wilder's chest, and then he just kind of picked his head up and banged it into Deontay Wilder. Yeah. It was, again, it wasn't a big deal, but... This is going to happen when you have an orthodox and a southpaw fighter, well, especially wonder, with one guy trying to get to the inside. Well, I wanted to ask you about that, Pat. What do you think of Ortiz fighting southpaw in this? Well, you know, the thing with southpaws is southpaws get hit with right hands. They get hit with more right hands than anything else, and that could be problematic against somebody where they're known for their right-hand eraser. So Ortiz needs to be responsible with his left. He needs to turn this into a battle of lead hands, use his jab, his hook, and counter with the left hand after he draws Wilder's right hand out, where Wilder looks confused. As soon as he sets, step off to your right, where Wilder then doesn't know how to throw it, and then just pop him with your left hand and get out. I wonder if it's not a partial consideration to Wilder's tendency to loop a lot of his punches. He might have an easier time seeing that looping punch coming if he is oriented this way. And Ortiz is reaching in at the body with his left hand, and that is not a, a wise tactic to do against somebody who likes to loop that right hand from far out. So one of the things I like about Ortiz in this fight so far is uh, he's been a little light on his feet. He's kind of bouncing around a little bit. He's he's not looking particularly planted or static. Um, Deontay, he's, mo- he's moving quite well. Wilder, by contrast... Again, the man is not a technical genius, but his footwork is not good right now. He's no. he's cross-stepping a lot. He's he's not bringing his feet together just yet, but he is well, not moving well. And he's also being forced to move backwards more than we see him get moved. And that's going to take a toll on his conditioning to an extent. I don't think he's going to run out of gas, but it takes a lot more to be moving backwards than it is to move forwards. And Ortiz who's not known for his conditioning, has been the aggressor more often, and that's going to pay dividends later on in the fight if it gets there. You know, the last ugly, time... Ugly right attempt to the body from Wilder there. The his last... chin wide up. The last time we had a conversation like this, it ended with Andy Ruiz Jr. knocking out Anthony Joshua. That is true. 
I don't know what you said to trigger your Alexa, but I don't know what I said either. Um, <laughs> but it's, Ortiz it's... is short on the left hand to the body. Wilder stumbles backwards off balance. Yeah, Wilder. if Wilder had a jab, man, <laughs> just that one addition to his game would make such a massive difference. Well, and the guy who trains him is the greatest amateur in American history. Is Wilder over gets hit over the top of the left hand? Ortiz opens up along the ropes. Good stuff along the ropes from Ortiz but, there. Wilder's trained by Mark Breland, who's the greatest amateur the American program has ever produced, and yet he can't throw the most basic of punches. One almost wonders if this isn't one of those things where if you get him in training and in the gym, his jab is active and good, but come fight night, he just forgets about it. So how do you score that one, Pat? Because... Um... I mean, I'm leaning towards Ortiz for that one, but I didn't see really a whole lot from either. To to me, in a, a round like that that's very devoid of large action, I tend to lean more towards the aggressor or someone who I've seen land a shot or two. And for me, that was Ortiz in this round. I saw him land a good left over the top countering. I saw him land one or two to the body, uh, and he opened up more. Wilder threw a lot of, you could kind of call them jabs, and he landed one of them, but I haven't seen him land the right hand yet through two rounds. And he does look a bit confused, not knowing how to deal with how Ortiz is moving him. Yeah, he looks really befuddled. I was going to say bit at this point. Yeah, they just showed a shot of Deontay Wilder up close. You got to see in his eyes, and if I may say so, maybe this is projection, but he seems very anxious. He seems not very comfortable in there, and normally he's. You know, he's there's some aggression in his eyes. You know, I uh, I'm not sure mentally where his head at, where his head's at going into this. Uh, well, I mean, even if it was in a different place going into it, where it is now is significantly more valuable. <laughs> he's yeah, he is not looking very much like himself. Wonder if he had, I wonder if he and Joshua got together and traded, you know, doctors for prescriptions. Like, <laughs> good left to the body from Ortiz there. Yeah. Oh God, Wilder trying to slip away from that just almost did like a ballerina pirouette. And he stood in place to throw jabs. Ortiz slipped off to his right and threw that left hand down the center. A little bit further in, he would have landed it. But it just shows you that. And now Wilder's pawing with an open hand. That that's not a good idea. And look where his chin is when he paws. I mean, his his head position has never been the best but it is really poor here I'm wondering if Deontay Wilder is thinking I'm going to do nothing for the first few rounds give them away and hope this guy gasses out late enough into the fight that I can just knock him out I mean it does seem to be that they look like they feel he's not in condition to go long and they're trying to bank on that but if you give him confidence and you let him fight at his own pace that's not going to help yeah, I, I say this all the time when people you know, kind of question uh, MMA fighters in certain capacities. Yeah, there are plenty little, of people with... Another clash of heads there. Yeah. There are plenty of people with questionable conditioning. But if you don't actually make them fight out of their pace, you're never really going to see the dividends of it. If you're worried about Ortiz's conditioning, the optimal thing to do is not allow him to spar for four and a half rounds and hope he gasses. The optimal thing to do is make him fight. Right. And that's the problem is Deontay Wilder is he's just a good shot to the gut. Deontay Wilder is just kind of sitting there. And you're right. This, this kind of looks like he's sparring with Ortiz with the intent on Ortiz going on to the bigger fight. Like he's just in there to make Ortiz work. He's not really giving Ortiz much of anything. And he's not making Ortiz work either. At all. Ortiz he's not making him back up. He's not making him... Pace. Yeah, if you let somebody fight at their own pace, even someone with a weak gas tank, if you let them control it, they'll be there for the whole fight. Wilder just short on a right hand. That's the closest he's come to landing that shot. Yeah. And he's backing up a lot. Pat, did, and not, Pat let me ask you. Did, was Deontay Wilder in danger of being knocked out in the first fight with these two? Because he certainly... Yes. Okay, because he certainly <laughs> seems to be afraid of that now. 
He's he very was, much he was in as bad of trouble as you've ever seen him in that fight, more so than against Fury, who just made him look really amateurish and outboxed him. Ortiz heard him and dropped him and had him in desperate trouble. Yeah, he's fighting like a guy who's afraid. He's fighting like a guy who's afraid of being knocked out right now. Which is almost the inverse of the psychology we talked about earlier, where he was able to knock Ortiz out. He came past all that through getting dropped, came back and stopped Ortiz, and really beat the resistance out of him in that fight. So you would think Ortiz would be the one coming in with that lower resistance level, be more gun-shy, be more afraid of what's coming, and yet so far it's the opposite. Wilder, I don't know what he's looking at when he looks up. Is he looking at the round count or something? And if so, that is a horrible sign. <laughs> All right, as we start round four here. We I mean, are I'm just... Sure, I'm sure it's 3-0 to Wilder on the judges' cards, but... Where Robert and I are sitting, we've got it 3-0, possibly 2-1, but... You could maybe make a 2-1 argument. I'm 3-0 for Ortiz, and of course Canelo is already cashing his winner's check. Yes. Mark it on your bingo cards, everybody. Had to do it once. I would like to see Deontay, like, put some pep in his step. Now, see, what's funny is you've got Ortiz moving towards Wilder's right hand and yet he's not even throwing that out there in his looping style. Uh, I don't know if it's because he's afraid of the straight lefts that have come down the pipe or if he's just waiting on something for to see an opening and then let it go. But thus Good far, left from Ortiz. To let Ortiz bull him in, and you see there, Ortiz bulls him into the corner, and he scores. I almost wonder if Wilder doesn't have some kind of an injury. Like That's, this, this is, that's kind of... This performance is so atypical from him that you do kind of have to look at those external that those kind of factors like that. And as he far as ate, he just ate three left hand counters off of two failed right hands, and one of them was to the body, and he proceeded to posture and beat his chest. But if you're not coming back with anything, you're just wasting everyone's time. You know, there's a part of me that wonders if this is nothing more than he just wants to coast through this and not get himself hurt because he knows he's got a big fight, a big rematch coming up in February that he doesn't want to miss out on because he's injured or he took too much damage in this. But again, I if you're that worried and you're that conservative, A, don't take a fight in November when you've got one when you've got one on the horizon and three months later. B then put the work in early and get out of there, not do what you're doing. See, don't take it against somebody who almost knocked you out. Yeah, it seems like Wilder wanted a tune-up fight in this spot, and he got the toughest, and he got the guy who gave him the toughest fight of his career. I mean, again, like we mentioned, Fury, just the superior technician in that fight all throughout, but Ortiz gave him the toughest fight by a significant margin. Seems like a like a silly choice to make. I mean, maybe it wasn't totally his. It might have been PBC's. It, you know, who knows? But I and there Wilder, Wilder swings the right blocked, but, but he's no. getting there. Yeah. And Ortiz, Ortiz back, back to the body. Every time Ortiz actually mounts some offense, the entire demeanor of Wilder changes significantly. And, and again, Wilder's telegraphing when he's going to open up. And Is Ortiz Wilder either, cut? Looks like there's some blood on Wilder close. around Wilder's right eye. There was a the nice left hand that clipped him on the point of the chin, and he was just short with the right hand behind it. There was the one counter. Again, second counter, third counter, and that one to the body. It's a good body shot. So here's my problem with this fight so far, if I may say so. <laughs> Wilder hasn't won already and you can't go to bed? No. Um, I'm, I'm okay now. Uh, <laughs> De- Deontay Wilder isn't really boxing. Like, I mean, he I, doesn't I, ever box. I mean, he's. I know he's not... I, we keep saying he's not a technical masterpiece or anything. But, like, he's not really... He's not throwing any combinations. He's not... I mean, he kind of shoves the jab out there periodically. But, yeah, he's doing it again. 
where he's just kind of pawing and like if you look he, he's not engaging to the degree he normally does that's very true yes that's that's the point that I'm trying to make is that he's not really utilizing a strategy here he's just kind of in there and trying to not get knocked out this yeah, is I don't very, know what these CBC getting these numbers I don't know but I hope whoever's giving them those is enjoying the uh fruits of their ill-gotten gains because they are on the take. That is absolute crap. <laughs> we literally watched a sequence in the prior highlights where Ortiz landed four punches and Wilder landed none. Yet his average is landing three punches in an entire round. Not adding up. Sorry, guys. Yeah, that is that is a real, Ortiz, real load of crap. <laughs> a series of jabs there backs Wilder up again. I mean, the crazy... I almost wonder if Wilder isn't waiting for Ortiz to do something different, and there's no reason for Ortiz to do anything different. He sticks Wilder there with a good jab. Like, if you keep doing the same things you've been doing, you're going to get the same results. So there's these, the, he's just throwing these chopping hooks, but he's not making up distance for him. So, like, you, you know, the hook comes on the end of a combination... Or you, or you use it in close. He's throwing it from range. Like, out of range, rather. He's yeah, hooking to he the glove a lot. He too. doesn't like know he, how to box. If you look at some of the punches he's throwing at distance, he's not even aiming for the head of Ortiz anymore, or the body. He's literally aiming to punch at the glove. He throws the left hook, leans his upper body back, and he ate a good left hand to the stomach that was there. A good left. That might have caught him a little. That might have caught him at a bad time because he's really backing up now. He, yeah, something happened there, and he just kind of stumbled backwards a little bit. I actually thought he was starting to go down. I think, I think he, I think he right just got hit. Lower. I think he right. just kind of got hit as he was breathing in, kind of thing. I, I think it was just bad timing for Wilder when he got hit there. He doesn't seem to. Again, his hand is lower, but he's not suffering the kinds of effects he would expect to see from someone who took a real heavy damaging body shot. Oh, and Wilder's doing one thing he tends to do a lot, which we talked about with that that slapping hook to that lead hand of the southpaw Ortiz. He likes to throw that to get the guy to bite and move to the right side so he can line them up, and Ortiz hasn't fallen for it. Wilder complaining about being hit in the back of the head is the height of irony. <laughs> <laughs> Ortiz just boxing really, and really well. Sharp left hand inside. I want to say at this time, my favorite referee in the history of boxing is uh, refereeing this match tonight. Kenny Bayless? Yes. Though I haven't seen him moonwalking yet. No, but he will. Well, well they could. Nice right hook from Ortiz. And the left hand inside the cap off the round. That round, Wilder did absolutely nothing. I don't think he landed a single relevant blow, like, at all. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys heard it earlier, but they went to this commentary desk where you see Sean Porter now, and they had Kanaki up there, and um, I can't remember who else, but they were giving fight predictions, and Sean Porter, and you know, they all said Deontay Wilder, knockout in, in under seven. Uh, and then Sean Porter just said, hey, why don't we, you know what would be fun? Why don't we all just yell bomb squad together? And folks, that's why we do these commentaries because you shouldn't have to listen to stuff like that. Well, Porter should also be. Wait, sorry. Uh, Sean Porter? Yeah. Pre we'll proceed to be ducking Leo Santa Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, here we go. Round six. Wilder keeps getting up like he's ready to fight and then just not fighting. <laughs> There is a lot of Vaseline on Wilder's face. Yes, there is. I noticed that earlier. Like, I, he wasn't cut or anything. I don't know what... Uh, you can reapply it between rounds anyway, kind of, kind of yeah, a deal. Yeah, but it's, it's way too oh, much. They, they, oh, no, Jesus he... Christ. Do you see those scores? Not yet. You're a little bit ahead, but I'm sure it's all 5-0 Wilder. They gave Ortiz the first round and the next two to Wilder. And then it's kind of flop. Right. Hey, guess what? It's boxing. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you were asking how, why I stepped away? And yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. You should check out uh, Callum Smith and John Ryder 
for more yeah, uh, ex- for more laughs. I could accept more bad boxing scores if I thought they were just incompetent rather than bordering on corrupt. corruption. <laughs> like I, I'm more I am more accepting of just people being stupid than I am of well Canelo has to win. Yeah, when this ends in a draw because they don't want Wilder to lose. I'm gonna I'm gonna start putting up like a slide whistle, uh, sound effect to play uh, whenever we do these boxing commentaries. Pretty decent left from Ortiz there. I've seen more activity in this round from Wilder than I have in maybe all the previous rounds combined, and yeah. it still amounted to nothing overly effective. Yeah, he's actually doing stuff with his left hand this round, which is a step but, up. Okay, so he threw that left, right? But he wasn't planted in any kind of way. He kind of, he literally threw the punch, it hit Ortiz, and then Deontay Wilder got pushed back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wilder's <laughs> a bit of a tank. Not Wilder. Ortiz is a bit of a tank. <laughs> and we mentioned it earlier, Wilder's feet, do his footwork's been off all and, fight. And with the lead hand fighting... Ortiz is constantly shooting over the top of Wilder's lazy jab and scoring with his own. Yeah. You saw that in that previous sequence quite a bit. And again, the lead hand fighting. Wilder slaps with the left hook. Ortiz has his hand up and dips away in responsible fashion. And then Ooh. comes back with a combination that knocks Wilder off balance because Wilder is always off balance. Mostly blocked by Wilder, but Ortiz re- absolutely reset the conditions of the round with that exchange. He'd been backing up a fair bit that round and just immediately changed the complexion with that one flurry, even though most of it was blocked. Well, and again, he already looks in much better condition than he did for the first fight. I mean, he looked in better condition, you know, three weeks after the first fight with Wilder when he just, just because he had to go on a diet. Is there some... Okay, this might just be me, but is Wilder's, like, right uh, suborbital area around his gum swelling? Might just be the angle I was looking at him at, but I think there's some swelling there. Ooh, good left from Ortiz we see in highlights. Yeah, he cracked him there. And that one to the sternum has been there for him all night. And there's that right hand over the top of the left hand of Wilder. That's been setting up those left hands. Yeah. Uh, this has not been a good night for Deontay Wilder. Uh, don't worry. The judges will take care of that. I am aware. <laughs> we're so cynical. I mean, we're right, but we're cynical. Look, I would rather not be cynical, but I would rather be correct. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> Give me a reason to stop being cynical. I'll stop being cynical. All right, as we proceed into round seven, if they show their scorecards again, take a good look at them. They're pretty laughable. I mean, they've, they've got it more or less even between Who, who the is two. it that's scoring for, for PBC? Who's their unofficial uh, scorecard? I will let you know when it comes up again. Yeah, this total punch is thrown is utter crap. Wilder has not landed 23 punches. I don't know if he's thrown 23 punches. He's thrown a lot. If you cre- if you count the je- each of his pawing things as kind of an attempted strike, he's thrown a lot. All right. Deontay Wilder left to the body from Ortiz. Back Deontay, in with that left hand. Deontay Wilder is starting to come to life in this round, but Ortiz hasn't backed up, and he's given just as good as oh, he's getting. Oh, nice. Cracking left, left hand Ortiz. over the top. And Wilder backing up again all of a sudden. And there's a good stiff jab. Another decent left from Ortiz as Wilder's along the ropes. Big miss from Wilder. I see Ortiz almost got into roadhousing with him, and he's got to avoid that. He he was lucky that he was able in a position to clinch as quickly as he was after that big miss from Wilder, because you're correct. The roadhouse favors Wilder in almost every circumstance. I can't tell if Wilder is having a difficult time focusing from being punched in the eyes, or if... You know, if he's just now back to being anxious. Both. And, you know, the funny thing is, Ortiz's blows, they're landing, but even the ones that aren't, the ones that Wilder's able to block, are still moving him around because of how bad his balance is, and that matters to a non-corrupt judge. Even to some corrupt judges, they'll just use it as justification for crappy scores. 
And again, Wilder misses with the right, gets hit in the face with a jab. He hasn't been able to figure out the range via Ortiz constantly shifting angles on him and constantly leading, le- using that lead hand fighting technique. Swings the right again. Again, it's blocked. Ortiz is just has an answer for him at this point, and Wilder doesn't have a second question. You know, at this point, if you're Deontay Wilder, if you're this afraid of him, maybe tie up, get get make ugly this up no. a bit, take away take away his power and range, and just you know, dirty him up in the clinch. Wilder's well, Wilder's never been a good clinch fighter. Oh, no, left to the, the body left and a left to the head. And that appeared to hurt him a little bit. That body shot did. Ortiz is not here to play, man. Oh. <laughs> After all that. <laughs> and leading, leading. Finally, the right hand is through, and Ortiz is down. I'm going to wait for you guys to catch up. Yeah, yeah, we see it. All right. Well, nothing, nothing, nothing. Cracked, <laughs> cracked with That's a punch. That's a dive job. <laughs> That borders on it. Again, I almost said earlier my you know, part uh, potential explanation for Wilder's performance. He knows what round Ortiz is supposed to drop in. That right. is a dive job. Yeah. Normally, when you a, normally when you say that, a, normally when that punch, when but. you say, "Oh, oh, that's a dive thing," hmm, you know, I I I, cho- I choose to believe that there's more honor in this sport than you're giving credit to. But yeah, he fucking dove. He read that count, was not hurt, then all of a sudden paused to get up. Uh, he No, that was a dive. He definitely looked like he could have made that count, or the ref could have allowed him that extra kind of half second to get all the way up. Yeah, that was kind of the ref and the Daffy Duck-Elmer Fudd fight. One, three, five, seven, you're right. No, you're out. One, three, nine, ten, you're out. Winner and new champion. I need a replay of the finishing punch because it came out of nowhere. Not only did it come out of nowhere, it was such a kind of a setup that Ortiz had dealt with in every previous iteration of that exchange. Well, the the uh, paid commentators, cheerleaders, if you will, all said knockout in the seventh or before. They literally named the round that this guy uh, flopped in. And yep. we're still not getting a replay, by the way. <laughs> Must not be a good shot. <laughs> Maybe they didn't want to show footage of Ortiz receiving the check. I mean, at this point, why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> And it's a left hand from Deontay Wilder, and is that a sack of money? <laughs> All right, winner and still world boxing heavyweight uh, <laughs> champion. They're trying to edit the camera angle where you don't see Al Heyman in the background giving the thumbs down. <laughs> you know what I love about that, though? Deontay Wilder celebrated like it was authentic. But he, you know what? He, he, he really leaned into it. He really you know, believes it is. In all fairness, he might be God's perfect idiot. Like, everyone around <laughs> him knows it's a work. He thinks it's a shoot. Yeah. All right, here we go. Awesome. Here we go. So left, left. Blocked right hand, and Ortiz flops. He took an ass bump. <laughs> left. Doesn't hit. Scraping. We're seeing it here. Pawing, pawing. Okay, it deflects off the it deflects off the guard hand and does clip him, but Okay, uh, sure. I mean, I, you can see Ortiz's left hand does blo- does again kind of glance it. Or not. That did Okay, that was a fairly clean right. <laughs> Second viewing. Yeah. This when they changed the angle after I said that I was like, "Oh, he didn't block it nearly as well as I thought he did. 
So it was. It looks like it was a clean right on the button. And yeah, I mean, look, whether it was authentic or he flopped, his eyes crossed. So you know, he sold it well. Here it is again. Uh, uh, he's he's reading the count. This. Mm. He he. As soon as adversity came, he was not interested in getting up. Yeah, he was. He could have made that count and deliberately chose not to. Yeah. yeah. Straight right, right in the nose, deflected off the glove. Down he went. Deontay Wilder, everybody. Okay. Well, wasn't that exciting? Huh? Did you guys love it? Pat, are you glad you came back? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying here, guys. All right, next weekend, we've got uh, a triple header here. We've got Alexander Besputin. November 30th. We've got three good fights here. We've got Alexander Besputin versus Radza Butev on DAZN. That's early in the afternoon. Your mid-afternoon fight on ESPN Plus is Larone Richards versus Lennox Clark. And that's in Birmingham, West Midlands, United Kingdom. And then your late fight, your evening affair... You've got Oscar Valdez versus Andre Gutierrez once again on ESPN Plus, and that's coming to you from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas in Las Vegas, Nevada. John War will be back from his uh, move, so we'll do one of those fights. And since Robert doesn't have any uh, UFC coverage that day, I may twist his arm to do one of those as well. We'll see. He, you on. Prom- hold on, hold you, on. One of what? Promised me one of those. I promised you one of what? One of those three fights. Which I, three? I were you not listening to a word I just said? Not really. Okay. From the yeah, top. I tried. Alexander Besputin versus Radza Butev on DAZN. That's at uh, that starts at noon. The cards, the the airing starts at noon. I don't know what time the actual fight take, takes place. Larone Richards versus Lennox Clark on ESPN Plus. That starts at two o'clock. These are all Eastern Standard Time. And then, oh, come on. And then uh, in the evening, ten o'clock, you've got Oscar Valdez versus Andre Gutierrez. I don't recall saying I'd do any of those. Um, I do. I so, don't even recall saying I would work on that date. Mark, can you produce any evidence of this? Yeah, I I can. As a matter of fact, on one of the previous recordings, we talked about this. I wrote down boxing cards because we weren't sure which one we were going to do. We'll talk later. We'll, we'll hash this out. We'll have my people call your people. It'll be fine. Um, in the meantime... The, look, the answer's no. Oh, you're backing out now? You stink. Anyway, John War will be around. I'll get him to do one of those. It'll be fine. There'll be, there'll be boxing coverage, I swear is it. Meanwhile, we've got... Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get the first installment of the Wild Strange Trip Through Heavyweight Boxing in the can... We'll have a TV party for Wu-Tang and American Saga. We'll have a TV party with myself, Chris Bailey, Chris Sheehan, and Jesse Starcher talking about NXT War Games and Survivor Series. Uh, and then finally, right before Thanksgiving, the night of Homecoming Night, if you will, we'll have a uh, Metal, Hammer of Do- Metal Hammer of Doom for the Wu-Tang Clan. Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. Check out our shows for The Boys Volume 1, Name of the Game, on Source Material. Uh, Gavin and Jesse talked about that. Myself and Robert Winfrey talked Ford versus Ferrari, and we also discussed why nobody went to go see The Good Liar and Charlie's Angels Bombed, and we discussed Elizabeth Banks and all of the good stuff therein. We did a Metal Hammer of Doom for Dragon Force, Extreme Power Metal, and Alexis Haina and I did a TV party for She-Ra Season 4. And then finally, myself and Jesse Starcher finally got our TV party for The Boys Season 1 in the can. So you can check out all of that in the archives. 
You only missed the uh, actual relevance of The Boys Season 1 by how many months? You know, if I had known at the time that Amazon Prime dropped all their episodes at once, I would have scheduled better. This was the best I could do. Why wouldn't they just drop them all at once? Because Hulu doesn't do that. Hulu sucks. Not the point, you deflecting person, you. Okay, why would you assume Amazon follows practices from Hulu? Why would I assume that they follow practices from Netflix? Because they're more anal- because the service they provide in this instance is more anal- analogous to Netflix. You live and learn. Um, all right, Pat, you got anything aside from podcasting with me? You got anything going on elsewhere in the world? No. Terrific, Robert. Let us uh, tell us about Tito Ortiz versus uh, versus. Um, What's his face there that you're going to do coverage for on December 7th? Roberto de Rio. Yeah, I'm not doing that, for the record. <laughs> no, we'll, we're actually, I'm not even going to be watching it. Uh, you and I will be doing coverage for Overeem versus Rosenstruck. Yeah, that'll be a thing. What else you got? Uh, well, not a whole lot recently. I just, earlier today as we record this on the 23rd of November... I did a solo uh, kind of, I'd say spinoff, special edition of the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast because we weren't doing our show proper. There wasn't a tremendous amount of major, there was nothing earth shattering enough to kind of justify getting a show together for. There's no event to review or talk about. So we just, you know, the show proper took a week off, which it does on occasion. Most Sundays we record. And in place of that, today I released my look at how Alexander Volkanovsky beat Jose Aldo, and a little bit of what that, uh, what kind of insight that might provide to his upcoming title fight with Max Holloway at UFC 245. So, give it a listen. I'm curious to see if anyone likes that kind of a thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're interested in that kind of format, I. Uh, I've been working on that for longer than I should have because anytime I try to write stuff out or work from a script, I start micromanaging my own product, and it's a, it's a thing. My personal psychology, notwithstanding, it's one of the. I actually think it's one of the reasons I work better extemporaneously because I have less time to second guess myself. So there is that. So you can find that. It's again just kind of my thoughts on the strategy. Volkanovsky used the strengths of both men, how they lined up, what he did, why it worked the way it worked, and again, kind of how it might influence or give us insight into Volkanovsky and Holloway, which will get a more thorough kind of preview as that fight approaches, because there's some a lot of Max Holloway footage I have to rewatch and kind of recontextualize. And yeah, that's it for me. This Tuesday, because uh, our Knives Out review is not this Tuesday, it's next Tuesday. Which I'm looking forward to. That should be a fun show. And December 7th... Uh, sorry, December 1st will be the next episode of the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast proper. We'll talk about the news of the last couple of weeks, including Ben Askren's retirement, some fights getting made, things of that nature. What was this thing I saw today on Twitter that, I guess, Mayweather-Khabib was a thing and now it's not a thing, but it, what, but it, but it might have been a thing, but it's probably not a thing. It was never a thing. Okay. No, no, it wasn't. Okay. I saw two things coming out at the same time as I drove to work this morning. One was it got made. Another one, it got it got scuttled, and it's Dana White's fault. Okay. I don't know who's feeding that crap to the world, but stop it. <laughs> okay. Here, here's, the, here's the sort of relevant news. Floyd Mayweather said he's coming out of retirement in 2020. And he and the UFC are going to be working together in some capacity. If I had to guess, the UFC is going to... They're not going to pay Floyd what he's worth, but they're going to try and get him to do some kind of ambassadorship for Zufa Boxing, which they were supposed to get off the ground a couple of months ago, (laughs) or at least make an announcement about in October. But, again... Look, if, it, if the pieces aren't in place, fine. Don't make the announcement. I'm not 
I'm not blaming anybody for that. But he's probably going to be involved in some kind of, again, ambassadorship role for Zufa Boxing. He is not going to box Khabib. He is not going to fight Khabib in a cage. Tyson Fury is not going to fight Stipe Miocic in a cage. Stipe Miocic is not going to box Tyson Fury. Can we stop with this? <laughs> okay. Um, so in addition to your podcasting and coverage, uh, we've got, as I said before, we've got some coverage coming up, some actual coverage, not things you're backing out on me on. We've got Overeem versus Rosenstruck on the 7th. We've got uh, UFC 245 Usman versus Covington uh, on December 14th. I don't know wh- what you're doing on the 21st, but I'll be at Disney, so I ain't doing squat on the 21st. Uh, but we are back on I the 20th. 20- I believe the 21st I will be covering uh, the U- Korea, Korean zombie. Yeah. In yeah. South Korea. Yes, first thing in the morning, and I will be again watching it from my hotel room at Disney. Um, and then, but finally, you'll still, no, you won't. You'll still be asleep uh, on the twenty eighth. And don't say you're not doing it because you, you committed. I put it on the calendar already. Fedor versus Rampage from Japan. I did not commit to that. Yes, you I did. Have, there is no way on God's green earth under God's hot sun. You said, hey, Fedor versus Rampage. And my response wasn't to immediately void my bowels, vomit, and run screaming away from you. As I recall, you said you were excited for that. Put it on the calendar. That's why I did. Look, I can't control how much head trauma you've suffered and how it's affecting your memory. There is no way... That was my response. Absolutely not. It was absolutely put it on the calendar. Look, I can't control what you put on the calendar. I am not involved you t- in... You told me to. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I really didn't. All right. Well, we'll deal with this again. I'll have my people... No, no. People. Mar- no, no. Mark's gimmickry is leaking too much in towards <laughs> real life. Never on did I say I would do anything related to that. Okay, it's not what I recall, but... That's fine. Other than not watch it. Okay, well, we'll talk about it later. It's fine. Fader versus Rampage. Disowned. Robert and Mark, your favorite commentators. It's going to happen. All right. <laughs> With that said, you just, you just give up talking to me? It would appear so. Yeah, clearly. Um, all right, with that said, th- thank you for listening to our chicanery there and our coverage of Wilder versus Ortiz 2 for Robert Winfrey of 401 Mania and for Pat Mullen of any damn podcast he chooses. This has been the Rattledge and Broadcasting Alternative Commentary. Be well, be safe, and behave.